I'm the greatest. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rolling the dice and hitting the jackpot of saying farewell to LeBron by hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy and having a parade downtown here in Los Angeles is exactly what the Lakers are all about. Earlier on the show, senior writer for the Athletic Pittsburgh, Ed Bouchette. Coming up, writer at the Fire Pit Collective, Alan Shipnock, CBS Sports college basketball analyst, Davis, writer and producer Michael Schur. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. 844 Rich, number to dial here on the program. We had Ed Bouchette of the Athletic Pittsburgh on an hour number one just to kick the tires on whether the Steelers are going to be a big time player in the quarterback market. And he said no. Instead of a big swing, he sees them taking a check swing at it. I like how he put that. He says he sees them taking a check swing. Um, so if you missed any of that, call, uh, uh, go to our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Call us at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. See some Steeler fans already on the lines right now. <laughs> Maybe get something off their chest. I'm here for you. Feeling you um, here in hour number two of the program. Uh, but we just uh, finished hour number one talking about Phil Mickelson sending out a statement yesterday um, that he's stepping away from the game for a while. And uh, what ended up um, preceding all of this was a quote in a book that is uh, um, coming out um, and an excerpt from the book that was put on the Fire Pit Collective, which is the current writing home for this man who's been writing about golf for quite some time. Um, he is the writer on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, Alan Shipnuck, kind, of kind enough to call in the Rich Eisen Show amidst, uh, I'm sure your phone's blowing up these days. Sir, uh, it's, it's been an eventful few days, but I always have time for you, Rich. I, pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Alan. So um, let's get right into this here. This is your your from your uh, unauthorized right biography of Phil Mickelson, the rip roaring and unauthorized biography of golf's most colorful superstar, Phil. Um, what what's the uh, the uh, context of the quote and everything that's uh, going on? If you want to start with that. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much your your listeners have been tuned into the Saudi Golf League, but this has been bubbling up for the better part of a year, and Phil has been in the middle of all of it. Uh, you know, as he told me, he actually helped pay for the attorney that would write the operating agreement of the, of the SGL, uh, which was which was a bold move considering you know the, the PG Tour has always been his home and has been a great platform for him to uh, build a fortune and, and reach the Hall of Fame, but. You know, Phil loves to stir the pot, and he likes to be the smartest guy in the room. So, you know, he recognized that the Saudi Golf League was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime chance to have some leverage over the tour and and try and force the tour to make some changes that would that would benefit all the players, but especially him. And so, he uh, he was working both sides of the street. And what what Phil wanted, what was in his heart, was really one of the big questions in golf. He told me all of that. And uh, it was all going in the book. As the Saudi Golf League was coming to a boil, it felt like, you know, my book's not coming out until May. And this was just too important to the discourse of, of what's really going on in the world of golf right now. So we dropped the excerpt uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, last week, and things have gone a little crazy since then. But, you know, I, to some degree, I'm surprised by the 
um, the blowback on Phil because it was pretty obvious all along what he was doing, which was which was trying to play the the, the Saudis against the tour and. And, and and see what kind of deal he could cut for himself. I mean, everybody who was paying attention knew that. But he, you know, he said the quiet parts out loud, and that was was so eye catching. And you know, raw, unvarnished truth is a it's a precious commodity in in, uh, in sports these days. And Phil just put it out there. So um, uh, the 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 blowback has been so much that he's taken a little time away to let things cool down and. and reassess and plot his next move but uh, it's definitely been an interesting chapter in in, in his career and, and certainly it's an interesting chapter in the book all right so then let's let's get into um uh, a little bit about what phil said and then some and then fill in maybe back phil about what this no pun intended about what 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 this beef with the pga tour is all about Alan Shipnuck, the the writer of the uh, book phil uh from which this quote that uh that uh has led to the firestorm uh, right here on the Rich Eisen show. The quote in, in in question, it appears from Phil's statement yesterday, was he said, off the record. Um, I'll give you the floor on that, Alan. Well, patently false and disappointing because, I mean, Phil, Phil knew all this was for the book. He was, first of all, he... You have to understand Phil's motivation is he he wanted to go on record with his true feelings because then he was covered either way by by calling the the Saudis scary mofos and and, and acknowledging some of the, their atrocities. That's his signal to golf fans. If you know if he wound up going over there and taking the money, at least he would have, he would have registered uh, the some sort of a conscience and some sort of a understanding of global affairs. And that this is just strictly a business decision, and he wanted people to know that. If he stayed with the PGA Tour, it might have looked like a defeat, but he wanted he wanted fans to know that he'd extracted all these concessions, and that he was he was really working hard behind the scenes to get what he wanted. Because Phil just has this need to uh, be the loudest voice in the room, and, and certainly the smartest one. That, that's just part of his personality. It makes him fun to be around, but it also gets him in trouble. But you know, he initiated this conversation with me. It is an unauthorized biography, and he had, I, three times I approached him face-to-face to, to sit for interviews for the book, and he declined, which was his prerogative, and that was fine because I'd had so much access to Phil through the years, I didn't really need him. But um, as this Saudi stuff was heating up and he realized it was going to really impact his legacy in the sport, he wanted to make his feelings known to me. He asked if, if we could speak. Uh, I said, yes, of course, even though he just said he only wanted to talk about, about these issues, and I was... There's other things I would have rather gotten into, but, you know, he was he was kind of setting the ground rules. So I said, fine. And, you know, not once did, did he ask to go off the record. And I certainly never consented to that. And it's a two-way street, you know, when, um, when, when you're doing an interview. Uh, if he had asked, I certainly would have pushed back because this is my one chance to talk to him for the book. But he just, he just started talking. And, you know, I think Phil, in his mind, this wasn't going to come out until May when the book is released. And... Um, you know, at that point, everything would have been done and dusted. He would have signed on the dotted line with the Saudis or not. Uh, but because events were moving so quickly, and I'd been hearing from people close to the Saudi Gulf League, there's going to be an announcement the week of the Players Championship, which is only a couple, you know, a couple weeks from now. It just seemed like we had to get this this stuff out into the world so golf fans could really understand Phil's motivation and and what was going on here. And, uh, so that that's the whole backstory. But the record the the, the quotes were certainly on the record. Phil knew that. I knew that. And for him to say otherwise is disappointing. 
So um, <laughs> I'm drinking all that in right now. So um, basically, because uh, it made no sense for him saying that it was off the record, but he's apologizing for it and stepping away for it, right? Because that, that means what off the record meant that he didn't want it out there. And, right. But it's still something that he's now apologizing for and stepping away for. Like, what is the stepping away for, do you think? What do you think that, that means? Well, like, why do you think he's stepping away? It, it could be a code word for being suspended by the PGA Tour for you know, conduct unbecoming. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the tour would want to go down that road because in some ways it would prove their Phil's point that they're, they're you know, reactionary bad guys. But, uh, you know, this, Phil's been playing fast and loose for a long time. I mean, whether you're talking about um, the Billy Walters insider trading escapade, the 2018 U.S. Open where he hit a moving ball on the green and caught kills and ignited a firestorm and then tried to BS his way out of it. You know, throwing Tom Watson under the bus at the 2014 Ryder Cup. I mean, Phil loves to stir the pot, and I do think it's taken a toll. And there's a lot of stuff in his life that, the public doesn't know about and it's all in the book and there's a lot of stress in his life all of his own doing of course and so i think maybe he's just his nervous system is maxed out right now and and he does need to reset and do some reflection and some self-improvement so um i i I take that at face value but there could be a a pg you know one of those situations where the it was i'm going to jump before you push me as far as any kind of suspension um you know the tour never speaks publicly about any disciplinary action, so we'll never know for sure. But uh, it's kind of analogous to Dustin Johnson back in 2016 when he took that that six month you know quote unquote leave of absence to address you know personal challenges as he called them. And you know was he suspended or did he did he take a leave of absence? It was basically the same thing. But you know Dustin came back from that a much better player and person. And I wish the same thing for Phil Mickelson. I mean. Yeah. In, in the wake of all this, I've had people say, oh, is, is this book, are you trying to take down Phil? Is this, is this a hit job? And it, It's not like that. I mean, the book is written with a certain amount of affection. I've always enjoyed covering Phil. And there's a lot of laugh-out-loud out moments in the book. There's a lot of outrageous stories. Yeah, everyone has. Gr- everyone has. And that's why part of this yeah. is kind of like, you know, oh, damn it. So he's not going to follow up what he did at the PGA Championship at the Masters? Like, uh, right? I mean, we were just oh, remarking. back to the Masters. I, I don't think this is going to – this is not going to stretch on for months and months. And, you think he'll be back um, for the Masters then, huh? I think, think he'll be back to the Masters. That's his favorite place. It, it, you know, it's it's a it's an artificial reality. He can he can call the shots on whether he wants to do right. a press conference or not, and control the whole scene just like Tiger did when he came back from his sex scandal. So, I would be amazed if Phil's not back at the Masters. Um, and honestly, I think he'll emerge from this more popular than ever. We we know sports fans love a redemption story and they love a comeback. And a, a slightly more humble, less cartoonish Phil Mickelson, I think people will embrace and. You know, he's kind of turned into a cartoon character in recent years with, you know, all the preening about his calf muscles and hitting these bombs off the tee and the hair dye that, that you know, he's like Rudy Giuliani is going to start leaking down his forehead one of these days and all this stuff. And I think that, you know, there's a lot to like about Phil. He's an incredible philanthropist. He's, he does many random acts of kindness. Uh, and he's a smart guy. He's probably not quite as smart as he thinks, but he, he's a smart, thoughtful person. And so I, I think that, you know, this time of reflection will serve him well. And, you know, 
people saying, oh, this is going to destroy his legacy. I mean, they have, that's a very short memory. Phil's been in, in, engulfed in controversies off and on his entire career, and he remains wildly popular. I mean, it's almost part of his brand. And even though he set himself on fire with the Saudi Golf League, I mean, the fact is, it, it kind of it, it's on brand. You know, he, he, he's a self-styled maverick. He was trying to reshape some of the terms of professional golf. And, you know, was, was he dri- driven by money? You know, obviously. But I do think part of him thought it was for the greater good. And, um, you know, he, if, you, if, you, if you pay attention to the granular details, a lot of what he wanted, he's already accomplished. I mean, because of the Saudi threat, the PGA Tour is pumping $100 million this year back to the players more than did last year with increased purses and bonuses and the player impact program and all these things. And, you know, Phil has to get credit for some of that. And they've created this NFT platform, which probably would have happened eventually, but it happened really fast because Phil was pushing hard for that. So, uh, and there's some other things that, that still, you know, may come of all his behind the scenes advocacy. So even the players who have had some unkind things to say about him, if they're paying attention, um, they're not that mad at Phil. I mean, he's making them even richer than they already were. So, um, you know, Phil's going to survive this. He's a survivor. He, he's been through so many kerfuffles. This is just the latest one. And, you know, the, the whiff of the Saudi taint is a little different. I mean, it, I don't think he, uh, he quite understood. It's still an emotional topic for a lot of people, given that they supplied 15 of the 19 9-11 hijackers and, uh, obviously, the recent you know killing of Jamal Khashoggi. I mean, for, for Phil, I think he thought he was just being a shrewd businessman, and he didn't quite get that th- this is this is different. If it would, if if this golf league was was supplied by you know European interests, people would not have had the same reaction. But Saudi Arabia is still very toxic and emotional for a lot of folks, and I don't think Phil understood that. Alan Shipnuck, I appreciate the time here. Um, uh, so the book comes out in May. And you put the excerpt out now because it was newsworthy. Can you can you tell people in the Washington Beltway how it's done? Can you do that? Because <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, do you, do you have friends in the Washington Beltway who who sit on who write books and sit on stuff for a year and then it comes out? And it would have been nice to know when it was actually timely and newsworthy, just like you just did. Yeah, I and mean, that was part of my motivation is I didn't want to go down that road. I mean, because the Saudi thing was was really about to happen and. It may still happen, but I just felt like it's time for, for everyone to put their cards on the table. And, you know, Simon Schuster was not super stoked. I mean, as you, as you know, uh, they generally, publishers want, you know, the, the excerpts and the juicy stuff to come out right around publication. But right. I just felt, you know, ultimately my job is, is as a truth teller. And I'm not on the side of the PJ Tour or for Phil Mickelson or the Saudi Golf League. I don't have a dog in the fight other than I just want people to be informed and they can make their own decisions. And this was just too relevant to sit on it. But uh, you can pre-order the book now. Yes, very good. (laughs) Exactly. Please do that. No, obviously, I'm sure there's other stuff uh, in there of of interest. And and as you point out, Phil is one of the most fascinating sports figures that America has put on an international stage um, of of our time, of his time. And... um, and it's definitely uh, worthy for everyone to go get. So you think the Saudi league is still alive? Like this is possible, even though you've seen the reaction of people like Rory McIlroy and others on the international stage like him, um, and that Phil's, Phil's not going to be part of it, clearly? Um, or you think he well, could he be? Hasn't, he hasn't, Phil has not quite renounced the, um, right. the Saudis. And if you read his, his, his statement, which is a bit of a word salad, um, 
you know, he had a lot. He it was like, he was trying to mend fences with them. So I, I wouldn't say filled out completely yet. I mean, all the Saudis have to do is add an extra zero to everybody's offer, and this thing could come back from the dead. And they have the ability to do that. So <laughs> yes. um, we'll see. I mean, it's been mortally wounded as as a concept, but it's not dead. And and yeah, is, I think it, Phil, is it true? I think is, Phil, it, I'm sorry. Is it true that that Trump is the one who would be housing uh, or holding these tournaments? Is that the what you're hearing? Like, where well, would the tournaments so it's, be? It's it's, a, it's proposed to be a 13 tournaments uh, schedule. Nine would be the U.S. Yep. and three Trump courses were in the mix. So yeah, I mean, it's a perfect marriage, right? Um, you wouldn't be hosting all of them, but they, that would be a significant number. And you know, Jared Kushner was over at the Saudi International Golf Tournament a few weeks ago that Phil played in a lot of other guys, and there's a lot of behind the scenes deal making. So yeah, there's no doubt that the Trump courses are in the mix, but. Uh, I think Phil's best move is to his next statement would be, you know, I thought about it, and even though the money was tempting, my heart's with the PJ Tour, which has been such a wonderful platform for me, and I'll quietly work to make it better. But you know, I think if and when he renounces the Saudi Golf League, that that will be helpful to him. But they're not easily deterred. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think losing Dustin Johnson and, and Bryson DeChambeau, who ran to the hills as soon as Phil's um, quotes came out. I mean, that hurt because they were two of the biggest names that had been attached to it. But I'm not sure the Saudis really care about world ranking points. They just want to have tournaments, and they'll get the best players they can get. And um, the insidious thing about sports washing is that it works because if they launch this thing by year two, there'll be less resistance, and you know more players may sign up. And you know I think they're just they're playing the long game. So. I, I don't know anyone who's excited with Saudi Golf League, but I'm not ready to pronounce it dead just yet. Alan, thanks for the time. Um, look forward to seeing the entire book um, and come back in May when when uh, when you're promoting it, and we'll have you on and uh, make sure everything's copacetic with your your publisher. Because you know, I'm <laughs> I, no, I'm serious, yeah. man. I mean, what you did, um, I, I'm sure there were some people in in Simon and Schuster saying, "What do you mean?" we're going to do this now. Yeah, well, so. no, I appreciate that. And I will say there's, there's, there's so much else in this book that people are, are going to enjoy and there's, there's more revelations coming. I mean, we'll okay. be talking about this for a while, so I'll take up on that offer, but thank you. Let's do it. Thanks for the call now. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Alan Shipnuck right here from the fire pit collective and also his book. Um, if we can put it up on the screen one more time called Phil. And I think the photograph is from him from the, his most recent major win standing there. Or just him with his sun shades on. That was that was the shot at the That's PGA it. last year. Oh man, the rip roaring and unauthorized biography of golf's most colorful superstar, and and that's why I'm sure people are going to be very confused. It's unauthorized. So why did Phil speak to him for an unauthorized biography that he said three different times? I'm the, I don't want to talk to you, and then he's like, I'll talk to you specifically about this, right? According to Alan, and then Alan's sure he could have knocked him over with a feather when he saw in the statement yesterday that. His comments were taken off the record. Lots going on there, man. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. But him coming back for the Masters. That's what Alan said. That he, would say, he said he would be surprised if he did not. And I hope he does, man. I hope he does. I mean, obviously golf is better with Phil <laughs> in it, but... I think Phil has some other motivations for wanting this Saudi You know what I mean? I mean, canceled. I mean, either you want to root for him or not. He's taking time away. When you come back, if you don't want to root for him anymore, that's your prerogative. 
But like I said, actions have meaning and consequences come from your words and your actions. And that's the fact. And people now wrap it up and cancel culture. When somebody needs to step away, take some time, give it a break, get some air, let it die down, cut off the news cycle. Good Lord. Thought it was a good move by Phil to do that. Acknowledge that what he said was beyond the pale. And maybe he'll still do this league, he's saying. You never know. Maybe. I just thought it was noteworthy that not one big-time player yeah. has come to the support of he Phil. He said they re- some ran for the hills is what yeah. Alan said. Yeah. Great conversation there. 844-204-RICH, noted aisle. When we come back, uh, we're going to do it again. Second take. Hey. Chris Brockman oh, has yeah. taken <laughs> topic bars from one of our favorite shows, First Take. <laughs> and, uh, and you're going to throw them my way. And I'm going to, you know. See what you got. Again, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm going to do my best. Hopefully, you know, just improvement. That's all we want. That's Weekly what we're looking improvement for improvement. from you. And needs there, improvement. And there, is, uh, there was a shams bomb that we'll talk about as well, right? Maybe, yeah. All right. Well, that's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Uh, let's go to Nick in New York City. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's going on, Nick? Hey, Rich. Can you guys hear me? We can. What's on? What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I was just listening to your conversation with Ed about the state of my Steelers. Yes. And i got to be honest, I think I've just been spoiled with so much good quarterback play over the last decade and more that I'm, I'm really worried 
about what we're going to do at quarterback. Well, I mean, how old are you, Nick? How old are I'm, you? I'm a, I'm a college student. So okay. I'm, I'm like 21. So yeah. let me tell you about a story about a man named Bubby. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, right, who, who else can we talk about? Uh, was Tom Zach there too, um, TJ? Did, did Tom Zach was there? Have, who else had some run there before Cordell started slashing his way? Well, it was Neil, Neil O'Donnell, right? Neil, O'Don- well, Neil O'Donnell took right. you to a Super Bowl and threw all right, those right, picks, right. but, you know, that Let's was before see. you were born. Cause, it was. Well, yeah, no, that was when the, the, that's when the Cowboys bad, made right? the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, that was way back then. Yeah. <laughs> Those old days. Yeah, he, 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 I mean, it wasn't that old. <laughs> yeah, Tom, it went O'Donnell, Tom Zach, Jim Miller for a game, then Cordell. And then oh, Kent Graham was Kent there. Kent Graham. Touchdown Tommy Maddox came. Tommy Maddox Tommy was the guy Maddox. who was yeah, supposed to. He, he got was the hurt. bridge. He, well, Tommy Maddox was the guy who got hurt. Yeah. And then Roethlisberger got pressed into service well before Cower and anybody else there thought he should be. And I remember Alan Fanica talking about it because this his first start, I think, was in Miami in a hurricane postponed the game by a day or two and they're like sitting in a hotel room with this rookie getting ready to start and they're like thinking i remember it's on total access talking about fanica's comments about this rookie that this season they, they wish it wasn't in the hands of a rookie that they thought they were going to win and guess what happened the rookie didn't lose a single start until the playoffs from there on out and then the rest is now history so nick i I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. You're a 21 year old who's only known Big Ben your entire time. Before Big Ben, there was a, there was a churning, and and it looks like they're going to return to the churn for a year, churn. at least. Oh, man. You know, I, and that that's what it sounds like because they're not a team that's going to take that big swing if they don't think it's ready for it. And um, and I think Ed knows the team, and I think you heard Ed's um, realistic uh, two cents on the subject matter, Nick. You know? It's just it's just frustrating because yeah I know the Steelers way, and I, I know we're we're not traditionally a big risk team. It's not that we haven't had you know big swings in the past. Like we traded up the twentieth pick to ten to get Devin Bush. Like we traded in two thousand three. I know we traded up for Paul Amalu. Right, I just, and I don't and understand the move why we can't do that. Well, the move for Minka Fitzpatrick was easily the most right. uh, out of character thing that the Steelers have done, which was flip a one in the middle of the season. Yeah. Right. Well, I was in yeah, the middle. I was well, actually at the down. outset of a season. So that was like the most uncharacteristic Steelers thing I've seen the Steelers do in, in the eighteen move, years. Well, it was. It was a smart move to go get yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick for one. It was like week three, week four. Thanks for the call. And that's interesting enough, too, just to bring it all full circle with Brian Flores now on the team Mm -hmm. and on the staff. Fitzpatrick gets, if I'm not mistaken, look this up. Was that like a week three trade? Like this, that never happens in the NFL. You never, I, I don't recall another, certainly involving a young stud player on the back end of a defense which is exactly why you draft these guys and hold on to them and either pay them or franchise tag them before you figure out whether they should be paid or not. Week three, right? Yeah, he played two games from Miami. Week three of 2019, right? Uh, 2019. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and week three of 2019, and those guys never get traded that young and never get traded in, in week three of a season. That was when they also coughed up Laramie Tunsil before the season. That was when Brian Flores said he was being asked to tank. 
And this, these Dolphins were absolutely clearing the decks so they could get the best possible draft choice they could get. And Flores, in the middle of all that, still coached them to darn near a winning season. And they still, though, got the fifth overall selection in the draft because the Texans were so, you know, bad that they got the pick anyway. Yeah, made the pro uh, all pro that year. <laughs> got traded after two weeks. Fitzpatrick then, did right, and Fitzpatrick made all pro. And then the with... Dolphins finished. What record did the Dolphins finish with that in year? 2019? In 2019. Uh, they were five and eleven. They were five and eleven. So that was their actual draft choice. The fifth overall pick at five and eleven. My bad. Yep. Oh, that's right. They uh, they started getting good draft choices. Uh, and then in 2020, they were ten right. and six. Right. Yeah. And they started getting good draft choices because the Texans started being terrible. Right. So their own draft choice, 5-11, and 11, though. Not good enough to go get uh, Joe Burrow. Just interesting enough, putting it all together. Now, the Steelers don't take a big swing. They just never do in free agency. And I know that sounded frustrating to our 21-year-old caller, but that's also why they're so damn consistent. And it's kind of worked. It's kind of worked, man. I'm a 52-year-old man. The Steelers have had three coaches. <laughs> not. <laughs> That's, That's ridiculous. Crazy. Okay. I mean, every time you say it, it's just more like it's ridiculous crazy. to think about. Chuck Knoll, in the year I was born, was hired and cut Ed O'Neill <laughs> in training camp to start his acting career. And I am now, 52 years later, they've had, two, they've had two other two coaches. Other coaches. Right. That's- and, and they don't do anything out of the ordinary or risky. They can make a calculated risk. They just don't go and make the big swing. And Ed Bouchette basically told you in hour number one, that big swing incoming, he called it a check swing might be coming. <laughs> I would, you know who would be, uh, Jameis wouldn't be a bad choice. Wouldn't be a bad choice. Jameis wouldn't be a bad choice. If there's anybody who's Roethlisberger-like, it's him, right? Big, tall, big arm, big arm, can just shove it down a field, go vertical, take a hit, get hit. Wouldn't the Saints try to keep Jameis though? I don't know. It's another fascinating team that's also rich. uh, Just in comparison, yes, Robert Sala is the 18th Jets coach since uh, since my since since my lifetime. That's insane, too. Okay, that's great. Oh so the Jets' number of coaches are driving age, right? And or no, or, they're, they're or voting, voting age. They're voting age. Military. They're voting age, yeah, right? Yeah, they're yeah. voting age. Yeah. Jets' number of coaches are voting age, and the number of Steelers coaches are toddling around, still pooping in their pants. Can't yeah. get in the Chuck potty. Cheese. Learning how to go potty. Learning. Learning, Learning how to go potty. Learning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Father of the year stuff. Okay, everybody, let's do it. We came up with an idea. Um, hard-hitting idea. Uh, we just, it's hard-hitting idea. Because we, we sit here all day getting ready for the show, and we're watching a bunch of sports television, and our favorite person, Stephen A. Smith, doing first take. And sometimes we just love hearing what he has to say, and almost as entertaining are the ideas that's placed in front of him to talk about. Yeah. And I'm also seeing Irv out there, and I'm also seeing... Mad Dog out there, and kind of like Lovey Smith saying about the Texans after seeing what the Bengals did, why not us? <laughs> why not us? It's Wednesday. Isn't Mad Dog on Wednesday? Actually, Mad yeah. Dog was not on today. I don't know what's going on. My, I don't think Stephen A. was on either my, today. I don't, no, I don't I'm looking up right now. I see him out there. 
I see these on there. It looks like, unless this is a repeat. I don't know. But at any rate. um, He's in Miami on vacation. Let's go. Let's go, everybody. Let us go. And it's now time for another edition of Second Take, where Chris Brockman hands me hands Uh me um, uh, actual topic bars from First Take for me to react to. Uh Go for it. So here's the deal. They weren't as crazy Monday and Tuesday, nothing really that great today. Okay. okay. A lot of NBA mics. I don't know if you oh. want coming off the All Star break. Oh. Some of you want to switch the music. Yeah, I don't know. Play, Mike doesn't have NBA music. It's yeah, okay. Go for it, Chris. What All right. Got? First up, and this was from Monday, uh, coming off the All Star weekend. LeBron hit the game winner. Curry went nuts. Fifty points, sixteen threes. Who is the face of the NBA right now? LeBron or Steph? Steph. Well, Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the face yeah. of the NBA right, right now. now. Right now. Oh. I would take Steph Curry right now. Hasn't won a title in a while. I'm, I'm concerned, though, that my second take has been immediately concurred by Mike Del Tufo. It's giving me concern. But um, I, I would say Steph Curry. My, my, kids, my kids would say Steph Curry over LeBron. I've given them a choice, and they are, as you know, the, the next consumers of, uh, of sports infotainment and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, I think kids love him, and... People love him, and I don't understand how Cleveland Cavaliers fans boo him. He is easily the most unbooable athlete in America today. I will say Steph Curry is the face of the NBA right now. Right, did, did, did Stephen A. agree with me, or did he not? You did not hear? I, 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 I couldn't okay. hear it. I was okay, watching on you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you have any music at all, Mike? You I got anything? Just come up. It's some basketball music. Just something <laughs> with What is basketball music? Something with a beat underneath it. Just even, 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 that you can't do. That you can't do. No, I can't play. I got it. Something with a beat underneath John Tesh will come and at me. He would literally put me in his. What if he wouldn't, though? He would spank me. Good enough. This is great. Yeah. Great. Thank this you. This is okay. awesome, actually. Shout out to DJ Frazier. This yeah, is DJ great. Frazier in the house. Okay. All right, another LeBron topic here. Uh, how much of the Lakers' struggles, 27 and 31 right now, ninth seed, looking at the playing game, Yeah. how much of the Lakers' struggles are on LeBron? <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a first take. Yeah, this is good. Now... Um, does this include him as the general manager? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, then, absolutely. so then, how much of the Lakers' struggles are on LeBron? It's definitely not his level of play, yeah. which is remarkable well, he's been for a man really well. of his yeah. advancing age, really well. which is what you can basically say he is. He's like a senior citizen in the NBA. Year nineteen. That's incredible, Woo. and the way he is playing is unbelievable. And his drive, physical and spiritual, is as good as ever. So I will say the general manager, LeBron, is the problem. And uh, that's why I loved everyone go seek on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Um, the conversation with Brian Windhorse yesterday that he doesn't care. Like all of his moves that he's made as a general manager, yeah. de facto general manager, not working out, doesn't care. Fix it now. Fix it now with whatever you got to do, even if you're trading the mortgage of the future. So the general manager, LeBron, is the problem with uh, with the Lakers right now. He receives the blame there. But in terms of on the court, I guess, what would you, would you pin it on Westbrook? Not being uh, somebody who's transformationally talented like he normally has been in other places? You know what's funny is that Stan Van Gundy tweeted this out uh, maybe yesterday or the day before. If you just look at Westbrook's numbers, yeah. he's averaging 18, 8, and 7, so, which is a phenomenal season. He just doesn't really fit with the components and the makeup of the Lakers right now because he's shooting so horrendously from three-point land, which is 
What a, what a team like LeBron needs, needs around yes. are three-point shooters. Right, which is why would you bring him in in the first place? Yeah, and so LeBron said all along, we'll make it fit, we'll make it fit, we'll make it fit. It's definitely not been a fit. Okay. Uh, he's not going to get moved until the offseason, so like kind of Windhorse said. But Okay, what else you got? Okay, another ba- another basketball, another LeBron topic. Okay? Yes, uh-huh. Rich Paul, you've heard of him. He's basically running the league. He said that the path for greatness and championships has been harder for LeBron than MJ. So they were talking about this. What the has it actually been? Is Rich Paul right? Essentially, has LeBron's path been harder than Jordan's? Um, has it been harder than Jordan's? Well, yeah, I I would agree that it has. You been. would? Why? Because he's not as great as Jordan. Jordan made it look easier because Jordan was brilliant, and that, and that Jordan's path um, was similar to LeBron's. Where I would you wouldn't say the Cavs the first couple of years were just as you know not ready for prime time as Jordan's. No, they Bulls. were terrible. LeBron dragged a really bad team into the finals against the Spurs, but right. they got swept. So right. you know they didn't have to go to Miami, but. I would say... So the, I, is that I, a shot at the Cavs? That the Cavs didn't build for him the way that Jerry Krause built for Jordan? That he didn't have a Pippen? No. Th- no is that is what, a, like, what, what is, what is Rich what Paul's was Rich saying, Paul's point? Oh, it's a total shot at uh, Jordan. And oh. saying that, yeah, of course he has six championships because look how easy his path was. Because he made it look easy. Yeah. Because he made it look easy. Someone had to shoot over Elo. Someone had to shoot over <laughs> Brian Russell. Uh, you know, he was, if you think he shoved off or not. Somebody had to rip out my heart and show it to me pumping every single time he went into Madison Square Garden, whether he wore 23 or whatever the hell he wore. Yeah. When he came back, 45. What was he wearing? I forget what the hell he's wearing Coming when back, he came back. 45. Yeah, right? Four five. Then he went, he went 55 the four five. with an assist to, to, to Bill Wennington. LeBron never ripped out my heart and showed it to me pumping like Jordan. The reason why Jordan had it easier is because Jordan made it look easier. Yeah. I just like, what does that mean? Like I, I think Jordan, also Jordan too, beat Magic. Jordan beat Drexler. Jordan beat Malone and Stockton. I oh, mean, oh, Jordan prevented a lot of Hall of Famers from yeah, getting Jordan any rings whatsoever. But the people who LeBron's playing against, I mean, are they any of the guys that we I just mentioned? I mean, I don't. Uh, no, people got the airs. Yeah, people Le- got their rings. In LeBron's era, none of them got them in Mike's era. The thing that kind of Rich Paul, I think, is saying is you that. He didn't have a Pippin? No, is that people like look at Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Like, they're trying to, for- even though, you know, you started the super team, bro. Like, people are trying to form super teams just to beat LeBron. Okay. That's kind of what Rich Paul is. And how, uh, here's here's one thing I will give that yeah. LeBron's had it tougher than Michael Jordan is uh, Twitter and right, and, right, right, and right, people right. being able to tell you what you think about you right there in the palm of your hand. 24-7, 365 shows and what have you that didn't really exist back sure. in the day. Also, LeBron's had this type of pressure on him since he was 16 years That's old. That's all I know. No one in the history of sports. But Jordan made it look easier yeah. because he had it easier because he made it look that easy. It's Come an on, interesting man. debate. Come on, man. Debate. All right, one more NBA one. I will we'll... for Jordan forever. One more NBA, and then we'll take a break, and I got two NFL from this Ooh. week. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. Uh, see, this is what we talked about yesterday with Windhorst. CJ McCollum saying that he's not spoken to Zion since the trade. Something or nothing? I think it's something. 
I think it's absolutely something. I think so too. Uh, I, I, why, why wouldn't Zion reach out to C.J. McCollum, right? If you're the leader of this team and you're the future of this team and somebody of C.J. McCollum's caliber, not just on the court, but moral fiber yeah. off of it and leadership and veteran like this is a guy who's also involved in union material like this is a yeah. this is a lead pipe wielding professional veteran basketball player and human you don't reach out and say all right man welcome we're going to start to dominate when i get back i know that no? feel- i know that like, feeling man. don't you do that when you put me on the show, Mike and Chris, they never texted me to welcome oh, me. Oh, you know, they didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mike didn't even want me sitting don't over you here. Think no, I actually, I wanted you. Honestly. <laughs> like, if you're... It's weird. It makes it seem like he just doesn't plan on being here. It's weird. Well, we and all that, know he doesn't plan on being I know. Well, so, yeah, I think it's something. I mean, he's played 55 games or something like that in Portland. I mean, in... For the Pelicans, so I'm not sure how. Hey, man. You know the bridges got burned but already. If you want, if you feel like this is your team and your organization and your city and your program and you're that guy and you're out, and somebody's being brought in of his caliber and nature, and you don't reach out to him, yeah, I mean that's a big help for you. Or, or if he doesn't reach out to you, there's something. That's yeah, a little weird. All right. How's that for second take? That's not bad. That's good. All right, That's let's, good. Let's, discussion. Let's take a break here. Uh, phone calls, and then you've got a couple NFL ones, right? Couple there NFL for me. Right? Well, this good. takes are way too nuanced. Okay, right? Seth <laughs> Davis. <laughs> Seth Davis uh, talking college football, uh, basketball, mm-hmm. and then the author, but also great uh, television producer and writer, Michael Schur in studio. Hour three. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com eisen. 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Al in Dallas. How you been, Albert? Uh-huh. What you been up to, sir? I'm doing. I'm, I'm freezing my tukas off. Can I say tukas? Tukas. You can, by the way. Uh, Al, Al, uh, the latest example of the weather gods and football gods getting together for the Super Bowl. 85 degrees on Super Sunday. Around here, though, it's like low 50s. And since then, and that is not acceptable uh, for it us here in Southern California. 25 degrees here today. Well, all right. Well, Whoa. what else is on your mind? North Texas wind. So uh, the interview with Alan Sh- uh, Shupnik was, was great. Uh, I'm a big Phil guy. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of comparing this to the Super League in, in, in soccer, but it is nothing like the Super no, League in soccer. not at all. Nothing. I, I mean, because I agree. If, you, if you talk to the players in soccer, they would have went in a heartbeat, right, because it's about more money. So, um, you know, the, 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 there will be no moral outrage by the golf fans. And this is all millionaires fighting amongst millionaires, uh, you know, with, with all these guys talking about Phil. And, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about Phil, and I've heard some things that aren't so great about Phil. So, you know, um, at the end of the day, I, I really think Allen has his finger on the pulse. I think Phil, if he's not back for the Masters, he will be back, and he'll be embraced by the fans, especially, the, you know, the, the Coast guys, New York, uh, West and East Coast, the, it's just, you know, that's a really, you know, sometimes I think he tries to be, like uh, Alan said, a little too smarter than he really is and tries to buddy-buddy. And, and, you know, you got to know that Alan is one of these not-off-the-record guys. You know, a lot of these guys get burnt talking to him because they don't realize it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a great writer. And, you know, Phil just said some really, really stupid things. Thanks for the call, Al. Hang in there. Thanks, Stay, warm. Stay warm. Stay uh, warm. Al makes a good point. It, 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 this Saudi league is not like the Super League in um, Premier League soccer and everything else that was going on right. in, in Europe. From, for the, look, they're similar in the fact of that if it was formed, it would, you know, damage um, the league that currently exists because it would remove stars from that current situation and take it elsewhere just so everyone can make some money. Like, that's the only thing. The difference between the two is the golf fan that might be upset that Bryson DeChambeau isn't in this tournament or Dustin Johnson isn't in this tournament hasn't been rooting for those players for 130 years. (laughs) Right. Okay? It's about the jersey. It was about the laundry. It was about the history. It was about their league. It was about the way that their way of life over... In Europe, when the Super League was formed, that's the difference. And the fans there made sure it didn't happen. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Uh, we're talking about Phil with our callers here on the program. And um, and uh, let's go to James in Ohio. What's up, James? Hey, how's it going, Rich? How are you, James? I'm doing great. Do you mind if I take care of a little uh, laundry before I get to the subject? Um, I, that's uh, hopefully not a metaphor for anything. Um, <laughs> no. Or, or okay, no, what, what, just, what is it? What do you got? Just a uh, just a guy who grew up idolizing Joe Namath and uh, has been suffering for the interceding <sighs> fifty years. Uh, so I'm with I you, brother. To let you know we 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 share this. Misery in life called <laughs> being a Jets fan. Well, hang in there. Uh, hang in there. What else is on your mind? Balanced by a long love of my New York Yankees. Okay. And I'm not 
like you, going to talk about same thing. baseball until baseball's a thing again. Right. But getting to to the interview you just had with her, I'm not familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like Bill uh, as a golfer, but I have to say that, you know, I don't really know him as a person. But I, I'll say this about golfers in general. They're independent contractors. Mm-hmm. And every time they try and organize at the top, the top guys don't want to do that because they have all the spoils. So when Greg Norman tried to do this in the 80s, everybody abandoned him. If we remember, the World Golf Championship came out of Greg's initial attempt to have some sort of uh, rival league or at least some sort of balance between uh, the players' association and the players themselves. So it didn't shock me when everybody went running for the hills. They were all sitting on the sideline. Yeah, just there trying to see which way the wind blows. You know, they just wanted to see which way the wind blows, and uh, and Phil blew some wind and uh, and 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 then reaped it. So uh, what he was sowing. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Go Jets and uh, and Yankees. I didn't. I've never met too many Jet Yankee fans quite like myself. That was usually Jet Matt from back in the day. All right, Brockman doesn't want to engage me right now, which means he wants to get to his other points. Uh-oh. No, okay. I want two more, two more second takes. Hit it. Hit, it. hit the NFL films, right? This is NFL. NFL this is oh, NFL. Yeah. Okay. 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 Two guys we've been talking a lot about. Two more second game. takes. Two more second takes. So, again, takes. these are actual topic actual, bars from yeah. first take that yeah. you're throwing my way for me to react to. These are from yesterday okay. on, on first take. I like it. What do you Where got? Where do you want to see Aaron Rodgers play? Green Bay. Next. <laughs> That's where you want to see him play? Yes, Why? I do. We've seen him play. He doesn't do it in the playoffs. One Super Bowl That's win right. so is epic. embarrassing. So epic. Like, move on, go somewhere else, see if you can pull a Brady. I want to see him play in Green Bay. That's my answer. But why? Because I want to see if he can actually do it there in Green Bay. He can't. We've seen it. He can't do it. You know how many touchdown passes? Let me ask you a question. Trivia question. Ready? Yes. Pop quiz. Yeah. Oh, Pop are, quiz. Oh, hot are shot. You, okay. Are oh, you? Are you being? Quiz. You're mad Pop dog quiz, now. You're Pop mad Pop quiz. Now? Hot shot. Yeah. In the last decade. Yeah. Okay. Yes. In the last decade, who has more touchdown passes in the Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers or Joe Mixon? I got it. I got it. Do you want to do I, I, do I answer the question? I, I, I know what you're do, saying. Do you want to answer the question? Yeah, it's Joe Mixon. Okay, great. I got it. So go somewhere else. It's over. You can't do it in Green Bay. Your your career is turning exactly into Brett Favre, a guy you sat there and watched how not to do things. Right. Now you're doing it. I want to see him play in Green Bay. I want to see him try it in Green Bay. I want him to stay in Green Bay. I think that makes it for more epic viewing that he actually stays there because that means Jordan Love would not be there. What do the Packers do there? I think it would be fascinating. I know it would be nice and new and shiny to see him in Denver. Oh, it would be great. I get it. Opening night here in in Los Angeles and SoFi against the Rams. He should stay in Green Bay. What's your other one? I tried my best. All right, next one. (laughs) Uh, I already know your answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is Mason Rudolph the answer no. in Pittsburgh? No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's career, the question. career record over 500. He's the, How many NFL <laughs> quarterbacks can say that? Five, four, and one. Good one, by the way. That would be great. If you had sold that one, uh, that soap on first take, they really asked that question? Of course we know the answer to that. He's the, he's the question. He's not the answer. He's the question. The answer to what? 
He's the answer to the, the future. No, he's the answer to the question of who would be the starting quarterback if the Pittsburgh Steelers played this very Sunday. Yeah. And Steeler fans will not countenance it. They will not countenance this at all. Sure, they'll show up and wave their towels, but after week two, week three, week four, even if he starts three and one, come on now. Come on now. Come on, son. You want to talk about diversifying your offense? How does that diversify anything? He's like Big Ben 2.0. Buddy, d- big, without, big arm? Yeah, without the wins and the, and, and the magic. Over 500, career Five, record. 4-1. and one. Five, You're right. You're right. Four and one. Yeah, which is, by the way, Over one, game, one game worse than their 9-7-1 and one record this year that the general manager admitted wasn't uh, acceptable. All right, great second take, everybody. Great one. And I appreciate you pushing back. I wish we had the ability to split screen so we could argue with each other. Soon, soon, Rich, soon. Coming up, hour three, don't go anywhere. How to be perfect. Um, my friend Michael Schur is going to be joining us here. This is oh, his book. Oh, I thought you said perfect. Yeah, yeah I thought this was Montez Montez How to be yeah. perfect, oh, perfect. Okay. Which, if, if I said perfect, yeah, I, that, yeah. that is not perfect. Yeah, I was confused so, about who was coming out next. Correct, the correct answer to every moral question. What's your moral question you want to answer? What would Vontez Perfect do? Definitely no, not no, a moral no, no. question. Here's what I want, because I know Mike is a big Sox fan. Yeah, right? yeah. So I want him By the way, to nobody in Hollywood, and that's what you have to say when you're talking about somebody who's in the television business and creating shows like The Good Place and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Recreation, nobody in this town... Tweets out. By the way, he's at tweets out at Ken, Ken Tremendous. Ken Tremendous. And if I'm not mistaken, he he his his sports bona fides what is began. The genesis of the Ken well, we can ask him about that, but I think his sports bona fides is he was the movement behind getting Joe Morgan out of the booth. Oh, oh I think was that, he the? I think he was oh, fired okay. Joe Morgan. Yeah, fired the, that block. We can ask him. We can yeah. ask him about all this stuff. Uh, but anyway, um, nobody in this town um, sends out tweets out screenshots of bad umpiring called <laughs> strikes or balls more than Michael. And and it's usually, you know, when Nate Evaldi's being squeezed. I mean, you it know? happens. Uh-huh. He got, so what were you I, saying? I, I want to know well, a couple of yes. things. I just want to know, like, will he, like me, Yes. I will not Yes. for as long as I live, will he ever forgive John Henry for trading Mookie Betts? Um, is that the... the is that a moral question that's to my, ask that's the my moral offer? question that I want that I want to know. Well, it's definitely not how to be perfect. Guys, I, I think we're missing the big that was the What is it? What are you missing? Thing here, Chris. It's Okay, Michael, he's written on some television shows, right? So Many of them. he's in that world and he's got like snap, he's got the power. We should be getting together and figure out a a pitch that we could pitch to him oh, about a TV he's show. On, he's coming on this show Rich, to promote take, his book. You, not take every, uh, you take every opportunity no, you I can. No, I want to complain right? about terrible Red Sox management with him. Yeah, That's I, what and I he want. wants to complain. Like I want to pitch him a show about four guys who do a TV radio simulcast on Peacock. <laughs> Maybe put us on Peacock. And uh, you know we're on Peacock right now. That's great. Yeah, it's, we can that's get the that. worst pitch it's since done. Seinfeld. It's not. It's a real TV show, guys. Come not on, yet. Rich. Why am I watching? Because it's on television. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Get a good look, Costanza. <laughs> we're all in this for different reasons, obviously. <laughs> all right. And Seth Davis of CBS before Michael coming up next.